0: Hey everyone, thanks for being here today in the first ever episode of the SE podcast by the University of Michigan's chapter of Sigma Eta Pi. My name's David and I'm your host. And today joining me is a good friend and colleague and pretty much the perfect person to kick off this podcast with. And that's Jacob Halbert. He's a junior studying mechanical engineering and he is the founder of Keeper. An incredible young man, an amazing friend and an inspiring entrepreneur. So I really hope you enjoy today's episode where we get to hear a little bit more about his story, his experience in SEPI, and what he's looking forward to in the future. So, with that, let's dive into it. I hope you enjoy. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Jacob. It's uh, it's always good to see your face here, and. Uh, you know, coming off a break, just getting back into the swing of things, I saw that you were able to do some traveling. Could you tell me a little bit about what what's been on your horizon? What have you been up to? Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 been a busy break. Having the
1: extra couple of weeks uh, with the new schedule this year has been really nice. Um, started out uh, in December. I went with a um, a friend from home. We went to Arizona for a couple of weeks. We uh, we um, some highlights. We did electric bikes through the sonoran desert um then we headed up north and we hiked down the grand canyon um we moved down to sedona and visited all four vortexes i don't know if you're familiar with them but they are supposed to have kind of a special energy and kind of have uh like the spiritual awakening per se there and wow you're really finding your zen (laughs) yeah yeah so that was really cool too um and then a couple weeks later i actually did a trip with some se pi friends and Although our retreats may not be happening in their traditional fashion, I kind of see this as my uh, SCPI retreat, and it was really awesome. I went with uh, Hadley, who is uh, who's my big so shout out to her and uh, Blake and Andrew and a bunch of other people, and so um, that was really awesome. We we skied for three days, and then our fourth day we went snowmobiling, which was surprisingly really thrilling. Um, we got a lowdown on what to do if you see a mountain lion. Uh, so uh, <laughs> ask me about that if you're curious, if you ever, and I'll fill you in on everything you need to know. But yeah, really, really awesome break. Really thankful that with COVID and everything, that you know, I was able to get some traveling in still. Um, and yeah, now back to, back to
0: school, back to the real world. Right. I mean, it doesn't sound like you had much rest there. It was go go go. You're hiking, you're you're snowmobiling. I don't know how you even got a chance to take a break. And so the question on everyone's mind, I'm sure, is did you see a mountain lion? Um
1: I did not see a mountain lion, but a better question is did a mountain lion
0: see me? Oh. ah, I don't know. They're always watching. They are <laughs> always watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's good. Yeah, I'm glad you were really able to catch up with some of the SEPI people and it shows that our brotherhood, it extends all across, all across this country. So that's, that's awesome. Um, and now, you know, getting back into school, the swing of things, transitioning for SEPI, especially we're looking at Rush. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your experience, why you joined SEPI in the first place. There's probably a lot of listeners out here who are looking towards this uh, brotherhood and why they might be interested in pursuing it. So I'd love to hear your story.
1: Yeah, I, so honestly, I didn't even know, I didn't even know that SEPI existed for my first year um, on campus, it wasn't until my sophomore year that I discovered SEPI and that it was an entrepreneurship fraternity. Um, and the more I learned about it, the more I liked it. Um, you hear a lot about the business fraternities, which have their own kind of culture, which is maybe a good fit for some people. But for me, the kind of, you know, suit and tie feel, if you will, mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily um, where I felt at home. And I really liked that SEPI well, had in a way kind of that Silicon Valley relaxed culture, right. um, people were still equally driven, right? You still you saw people going to you know, the same top companies, whether in finance, you know, places like JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs or in tech like Google, Amazon, you know, all your big tech players. Um, a lot of people had their own startups themselves. Um, so I was just really impressed by the people, you know, the drive, but at the same time, you know, just their, their genuine kind nature, super welcoming. Um, and, um, honestly, I, I rushed, um, last winter and just before COVID and, you know, I was only, you know, kind of in the swing of things for maybe about a month, but even in that month, I, I felt like I met so many people and really felt part of the SEPI family. So yeah, I mean, rushing SEPI was, was definitely one of the best decisions. Um, I've made at, at, during my time at Michigan and I'm just super thankful
0: to found this really unique community. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, one of the biggest things I always recommend to students looking to find a community on campus is whether or not that group of people passes the quote unquote airport test, right? So if, you're, if your flight got delayed, you're traveling with these people and you were stuck in the airport, would that be a miserable experience like it normally is? Or would it be something that you could look back on and laugh? You're having a good time because these are people who are really interesting, people that you care about. And obviously for you, you're traveling with these guys and gals and you know that they do pass that airport test. So I think that's that's really special. I appreciate that. Yeah,
1: I, I love that analogy. Definitely passes the, the airport test.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so, Jiggo, I know you've been actually involved with a little bit of the eboard work, doing some professional development stuff. Could you tell me a little bit about that experience, how you're able to find a leadership role, and also what you've been able to learn or, or take out of those opportunities? Sure.
1: So last semester, um, I had the opportunity to serve as the uh, VP of professional development, and um, I started that in the spring, because we have elections, you know, in the spring. Um, and then we just jumped right into it. Um, and Nate, our president, had the idea to start something called the Summer Summit. And it started out as this vague idea in light of COVID. You know, a lot of freshmen didn't have the opportunity opportunity that they usually do, come to campus, you know, have your campus day experience, um, get a tour, and just kind of familiar familiarize yourself with the opportunities and the community, Um, and not only that, but also the orientation, you know, they they had an orientation that was all virtual on Canvas, my understanding, Um, and that's just not the same. And so we noticed that there was this this gap and we just wanted to kind of use our connections to help. Um, So we reached out to an organization called Incoming Michigan, which connects incoming freshmen with mentors who are upperclassmen at Michigan, and we partnered with them to co- to create this this new event, uh, again Summer Summit, that hosted about twenty four panels. We had about five hundred freshmen join us, and it was just to introduce them from broad things to you know what's it like to live in a dorm, to you know more niche things like um, athletics on campus or you know, even dancing. I hosted a panel on dancing, which, you know, I I had I'm not a dancer, I'm not a very good dancer, a lot of room for improvement. But <laughs> anyways, um, it was really cool to see like not only how many things there are at Michigan, but how like the breadth of skills and opportunities at Michigan is unbelievable. But not only the breadth, but the depth, you know, the quality of Definitely. those programs. So it was really cool to be a part of that um, initial
0: experience. Um, and and really that event, that's what got me into Pi too, because I was representing an entrepreneurship club on campus and saw all the amazing work you guys were doing to create this incredible experience for the freshmen coming in. And you know, that definitely got my foot in the door. So taking on endeavors like that that are just making our our campus a little bit better is definitely one of the amazing things Pi does. Thanks, David. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And that's that's exactly what we were aiming for.
1: So. Summer Summit 2.0, watch out! I think uh, the summer that may be rolling around. Um, so yeah, that was that was a really awesome experience to be a part of. And then we jumped into the normal semester in the fall. Um, we kicked the semester off with some mock interviews. And you know, again, one of the things about SCPI that's really unique is how diverse it is. It's not just business majors. You have, you know, sure you have some business majors, but we have philosophy majors, we have communications majors, you know, computer science people, um, engineers. So that's really cool. And because of that diversity, we were able to host different cohorts of business mock interviews, you know, consulting, um, computer science, mechanical engineering, and all of these, these cohorts were led by people who had, some of our more senior members who had experience interviewing and interning at companies, you know, in the business world, from Bloomberg and Goldman Sachs to, you know, mechanical, Chemical engineering side, you know, Raytheon, or Northrop Grumman, or, you know, we had um, somebody who was actually offered full-time opportunity at McKinsey, who was super helpful. So that, I just love that moment um, of just being able to bring our community together and seeing our members helping, you know, some of our, our newer, younger members, um, you know, kind of in the height of recruiting season, which can be really stressful and story and thing. So, you know, having that um, personal experience with SPI, I think was really valuable and it was really cool to help Organize
0: that. Yeah, it's definitely amazing to, to pick the brains of all of our upperclassmen because they have such a wide variety of different experiences. And it seems like there's always somebody who's an expert at something. Regardless of what you need, there's somebody in SCPi who has that experience. And I think that's that's pretty cool. And now I know also in professional development, you've been hosting some speaker series and panels, uh, kind of in lieu of our, our usual treks. Normally SCPI takes quite a few trips down to see cool startups and really entrepreneurial ecosystems in places like Chicago. Uh, And I actually had the pleasure of hosting some of those panels with you. So I'd love to hear a little bit about some of the speakers you're able to bring in and and what those experiences are like talking to some of the best minds in entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Our speaker series are, I think, really unparalleled and one of my favorite parts of SEPI. You know, We started off the semester with a fireside chat with Lou Childs, who is the founder and CEO of Slumberpod, and her story is really cool because she actually got the opportunity to pitch on Shark Tank, and not only did she pitch, she got a deal with Barbara Corcoran. So it was really cool to hear about, you know, what the experience was like, you know, getting on the show and auditioning, and you know, then after that, the behind the scenes of what's it like to work with Barbara, and you know, how was that um, connection? And how's that been valuable in enabling Slumberpod to, to grow? So that was really cool to hear. And it's not like you know you're in an auditorium with 300 people. You're in a really intimate chat. You know maybe 15, 20 people, and you know you can really um, ask questions and interact one-on-one in a really unique way. Um, so that's a super cool opportunity uh, that SEPI affords. And you know, more specifically, as you said, David, you know we usually try to do a trek each semester in person to a place like New York uh, or San Francisco. Um, but this semester, of course, with COVID, um, we couldn't go in person. But at the same time, being virtual enables you to reach really cool people who you may not have previously been able to connect with. So for example, um, this semester, as you know, uh, we had a Chicago trek. And we featured entrepreneurs like Godard Abel, who is the CEO of G2.com, which is a B2B software sales platform. And Godard was really cool because he's, you know, the serial entrepreneur who has sold companies to Oracle and Salesforce for, you know, really nice exits. And, you know, the experience of somebody like that was really invaluable, um, the insights that they're able to share. but not only the business insights, but one of my favorite parts is, you know, seeing the human sides, um, when you're able to talk to people like that. And, you know, hearing about the challenging times that you don't always hear about so deeply. Um, So that was really cool. And one last thing I'll add on that note is, you know, a lot of times our members, you know, are able to follow up with these entrepreneurs, and um, may you know, from time to time, get an internship opportunity um, that kind of stem from these tracks. So that's kind of a cool uh, side effect,
0: if you will, as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry, sorry to cut you off there, but wow. I 100% agree. I think really getting that vulnerable and open experience in such an intimate panel with these with these entrepreneurs, it shows, like you said, that these people are human too. They're they're going through their own struggles, their own doubts, but having that having that open conversation really gives you a sense of reassurance for all of our, our student founders in our in our brotherhood, because we have quite a few members who have actually launched their own projects, started their own companies, and are really working to take on ambitious endeavors. And one of those people we actually have in our midst here, and that's you, Jacob. You founded Keeper, uh, which is a really cool way to store your, your house key uh, on the back of a phone wallet. And so I'd love to hear a little bit more about your experience with that where did the idea come from how has the development process been and and where are you guys at right now what are the milestones you've hit because it's a pretty pretty incredible thing that you're able to start from scratch launch a product figure out how to market it and really get it to where it is now so that, that experience is so valuable we'd love to hear about it yeah thanks
1: well it's it's actually a funny story um so first of all i i've been um a part of this project working with my friend Ezra who is a friend of mine I met in 2009 at uh, Emma Coffman Camp in the, the woods of West Virginia. So it's really crazy um, how relationships can evolve over time. Um, and anyways, in the summer of 2018, we were talking and he was telling me the story of when he lost his key, his freshman year, he had been in the shower and his roommate had left the room and locked the door. So he comes back after the shower, the door's locked, he can't get in, he's standing in his towel, and he's like, you know, what do I do? So he had to go to the commons desk in his towel to get a spare key, um, which was a five minute walk from his room. He had to go up the elevator. Um, you know, his roommate wasn't answering. And um, so, yeah, there's just kind of a big inconvenience, a big embarrassment. We were talking about it. And he was like, you know, like, I can't be the only person that has this problem. Um, so, you know, we said, okay, we did some research. We found out that. The average cost to replace a key, if you lose it permanently, is $70, um, which for a student is a lot of money. Yeah, That's steep. Yeah. Um, A lot of a lot of pizzas uh, you can get for 70 bucks at Domino's. So, you know, big cost. And, um, you know, we also discovered that 90% of schools are still using your traditional, you know, kind of metal key that, you know, the same one you would think of using to get in your house and um based on our calculations almost 40 million dollars is wasted every year replacing keys which is really astounding and beyond the money it's just you know an inconvenience and it's an embarrassment so we thought wow well, you know we you know maybe maybe we could come up with a solution to this and um our, our after our brainstorm we kind of came up with what we call the keeper and that is A cell phone wallet that sticks to the back of your phone, and it holds everything you need as a student: all your essentials, your ID card that you use to get into buildings, your debit card, and of course, uh, your dorm key. So, you know, from that moment in the summer of 2018, it's really set off this journey that I never um, could have imagined had gone so far. We just solved a problem, and we came up with a solution that we thought we could feasibly create, and you know, it's really, it's been really exciting to see how how that story has evolved over the the past couple of years.
0: And Jacob, you know, you're not alone in that at all, uh, because I actually, very first day moving into college, had just unloaded all my stuff, setting down my bedding and my clothes, walked out the door without a care in the world. Very first time in my room, realized I had locked my key in the room. First experience on college is really off to a great start. So I know that struggle intimately. Uh it's it's very real and, and this solution is a very pragmatic one that really addresses the, the core of the issue. And also just one more note for those of you listening at home, that is keeper K-E-Y P-E-R. So not only are they innovative problem solvers, but they're also clever wordplay artists. So keep that in mind too. But as you mentioned, Jacob, now where where do you see the project going in the future? Where are you at right now and and how is this going to continue to expand? You've made some incredible progress thus far, but what are you setting your sights on next? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So um so, you know, first, you know, we came up with some designs. We converted those those hand-drawn drawings into a three d design, um, which we then sent to our Chinese manufacturing partner. We created custom injection molds, um and we kind of have this well-oiled machine running where we can get our keepers manufactured at a relatively affordable cost um, and and pretty good quantities. Um, so, you know having that part taken care of we then kind of moved into the sales phase you know we've experimented with retail stores um wholesalers um you know of course we have our website where we sell directly to our customers and long term we're working to get into you know your big retailers like barnes and nobles and um you know of course we want to have all the official college logos um so that students can you know just they don't have to think about it they can just go to their store at on their campus you know see the keeper um and get it and and uh and that's it so that's really the end goal for us um you know we'd also love to you know sell to more freshmen you know incoming class of freshmen directly to the university i remember at our orientation we got kind of a lanyard type thing with this plastic contraption that held your ID card. I don't think anybody really ever used it, but. And I proceeded to lose it. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great great mechanism. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so that's kind of the the vision for us. We just want to, you know, help um, students across the country, you know, not, not have this problem. Um, So that's the end goal. And, um, you know, we're working towards that with, you know, again, sales on our website. Retail stores, you know, we've had some really good traction. You know, you can find us. You know, big schools like Harvard and Georgia Tech, um, Penn State, um, Michigan State actually reached out to us last year um, to get keepers for all their freshmen. So we've had a lot of exciting traction, and you know, we're just we just want to take this to the finish line. We're we've made a lot of progress. We're almost there, and we think over the next year, you know, hopefully we can get into uh, you know some of those big bookstores like. Like Barnes and Noble.
0: Yeah, just just amazing to see how much progress you've made in such a short time, and really an admirable goal. So I appreciate you sharing that. And again, for anyone listening out there, check out Keeper. It's an awesome product. Can't recommend it enough. Really solves a lot of the most inconvenient troubles that people face as college students. Now, Jacob, one last question before we wrap up here. I don't want to don't want to hold you too long, but just as you've gone about this process and developing Keeper from an idea into a tangible reality, what is one of the biggest challenges you faced, or or a lesson learned that you'd love to impart some advice on on our listeners here. One of my, you know, I think we all have
1: you know a bunch of different ideas, and we think, oh, that would be cool, or I have this problem, and you know, you may say, you know, somebody else is doing it, or I don't know if this is the solution, but you know, if you have an idea, I think you should just jump into the deep end and is that going to be the winning idea? Maybe, maybe not. But what's important is, you know, that you're just doing something, you're learning to create, you're learning how to manufacture. um, And you meet so many people throughout the process. And Keeper is definitely not a product that's going to save the world. But I will say, I've learned a lot, you know, whether it's about business or just relationships. And um, it just gives you the confidence more than anything that there's a problem that you want to solve that um, that you can do it, uh, even as a student, even as a, you know, a 20 year old, you can make a change. And it's, you know, one of the most rewarding things to, you know, hold in your hand, um, this, this product that that you created. So it's really, um, you know, even in, in light of the simplicity, it's still a um, super rewarding and really exciting process. So I definitely recommend if you have any idea uh, that you've been kind of mulling over, just give it a go and see what happens because you never know.
0: Right, you just gotta do it. And I think, I think that sense of agency is something that's so powerful, right? Because as college students, as young, young adults, we're not always given the opportunity to pursue our passions outside of the classroom or to take on these endeavors that might, might fail, might not, but either way, it's never really failure because you're gonna learn so much from that process. You're gonna grow as an individual, as an entrepreneur, and that's an amazing, amazing piece of advice. I think it's a great, great closing note for us to end on, Jacob. So want to thank you again for your time here for telling us the story of Keeper and your involvement with SEPI and really, you know, can't wait to kick off this semester and and see what the next cohort of rushies brings to SEPI. So if you want to want to get to know more about amazing people like Jacob or myself, highly encourage you to check out SEPI uh, and join this incredible brotherhood of young entrepreneurs, innovators, and students changing the world. So with that, Thank you so much, Jacob, and we'll catch you you next time. All right, bye-bye.